0: Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing podcast. I'm your host, Sayword Eller, writer for women, and today we are going to talk about thought verbs. More specifically, how to eliminate them from your narrative. Recently, I was directed to an article written by Chuck Polinick. He wrote this article. It was published August 12, 2013 on Lit Reactor, and the title is Nuts and Bolts thought verbs. I will have the link down below. And in this article, he talks about for for the next half year, he says, don't use any thought verbs in your narrative. So what are thought verbs? Thought verbs are thinks, knows, understands, realizes, believes, remembers, imagines, desires, loves, hates, all of those things are thought verbs. They are active verbs that are telling your reader how your main character is feeling as opposed to showing your readers. So that's the big thing with with narratives and prose and what we're doing here is we want to get the reader into what we're doing. So in order to do that, we don't just tell them what's going on. We have to show them and paint a picture so that they feel like they are in the story, or they're watching a movie, and that is what we all aspire to write, that really great fiction that brings the reader in, makes them get lost, and makes them a little sad when they get to the last pages. After reading, well, actually, when I started reading Chuck's article, I thought, oh my gosh, my uh, my manuscript that I just finished, Catching Fireflies, is full of thought verbs because I wrote it in first person, present tense, and she is telling you, because the story is from her inner thoughts, it's her perspective, she is telling you how she's feeling, she's telling you what's happening around her, so as I'm going through, I'm having, um, a difficult time. Thankfully, I have some wonderful critique partners that are helping me. You know, they're pointing out these things. Hey, this is, you know, this is telling us what's going on. This is not showing us what's going on. And then, you know, I come across Chuck's article. I I wish I could remember. (laughs) I really do. But, I knew that I had a lot of feel words, which we'll go over in uh, probably the next episode. But, and I know it's something that I could really talk about now, but I wanted to focus specifically on thought verbs this time because I didn't really think (laughs) that I had a problem with those in my narrative. And it's, it's because I didn't really consider them in my narrative. You know, they're just something that I use, you know, it's just... I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I can tell you that I've just never really given a whole lot of thought to it. So when I read Chuck's article, I was like, oh my gosh. He even says, because the original list doesn't include loves and hates, and he kind of adds it as an afterthought. You know, this list should also include loves and hates, and it should include is and has. So I'm, I'm going to read his article on is and has, uh, unless I've overlooked it in here. But he goes into giving examples. Instead of saying Adam knew Gwen liked him, knew is your thought verb there. He unpacks that sentence and he makes it into a passage that really makes us understand as the reader that Gwen does like him because, you know, she's always leaning on his locker when he goes to open it. You know, she's really playful. She does the whole, you know, giving him a little shove, leaning back on a heel. So, he really breaks down these, these thought verbs to show us how we're really taking shortcuts. And because I am a fast drafter, I know that I do take shortcuts specifically with feel words when I am in a first draft. But this these thought verbs. Now, this is something else that I have to deal with getting out of my narrative. I have to go back and not only am I going through to eliminate feel words and how, you know, and maybe they can go hand in hand, but it's, (laughs) this is one of those times when you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much work. Why do I have to do all of this work? (laughs) But then you're like, okay, suck it up. We got to, we have to get this done because, you know, we have to get this sent out. So what I did is I went to my work in progress, Catching Fireflies. And I took a look at, I have 25 chapters. And, you know, I'm not going to read you a whole bunch. I just have, took one paragraph out of a random chapter. And it's 89 words. Oliver has kept his distance since my abandoning him out back. It bothers me that I care as much as I do. So there is my first thought verb, bothers. The passage continues. The lunch rush is a whirlwind with lines stretching around the building outside and almost to the door inside. Becca says it's a result of two factories nearby that actually give our lunches. I haven't known anyone by name, but some faces are familiar. I wonder if I went to high school with them and they're just as unsettled by my presence as I am by theirs. Now, the second thought verb there is wonder. So what I did is I went and I reworked this small paragraph, 89 words. And now what I have come up with is 194 words. And I may still rework it. This is just kind of a fast-drafted rework. I know, (laughs) it's ridiculous. But this is what I came up with. Oliver has kept his distance since my abandoning him out back. Why do I care? It's none of his business why I don't want to go to a party. He may be an oversharer, but I'm certainly not. Yet, there's that niggle, the little tug from somewhere inside my hardened core that urges me to go to him and make sure he's okay. Thankfully, the line stretching across the dining room to the front door offers a distraction from the internal nudge that keeps trying to persuade me to be human. Where did all these people come from? It is less a question and more my exasperation for how hopeless getting these people served in a timely manner seems. It's the two factories just down the road, Becca says. They actually give our lunches so their people take advantage. I haven't known anyone by name, but some faces are familiar. It's possible I'm taking the orders of former jocks and emo kids I went to high school with, but time has robbed me of their names. From the looks on their faces, they're as unsettled by my presence as I am by theirs. So, what I've done is I've added 105 words. At this point, I don't know if there are good 105 words, but I've certainly unpacked from those, those two identified thought verbs. So, I have 25 chapters that I now need to go and unpack thought verbs and, and get rid of feel words. And that leaves me <laughs> leaves me feeling a little overwhelmed, as I'm sure you can imagine, but I think Chuck Polnick has i mean this is really great and sound advice. I mean, I finished this book at fifty seven thousand words. It's a women's fiction, it's an upmarket, and it should be eighty thousand words. so by going in and getting rid of these feel words, unpacking those sentences to make them richer, and also by going and getting rid of the thought verbs and unpacking those sentences. I added 105 words to this one scene, to this one paragraph, and if I do that with all 25 chapters, I might just make that 80,000 word count that I need to, to be considered women's fiction. So I am, I'm looking forward to it as much as I am really, really just dreading it. I'm looking forward to getting in there and finding those thought verbs, unpacking those sentences, and doing what Chuck says, using just specific sensory detail, action, smell, taste, sound, and feeling Just getting rid of those shortcuts that I use when I fast draft and really getting into the story and making it something that's fuller and richer and something that an agent doesn't just reject without telling me why. Which I know, that's something that is dependent on the agent and they don't always have time to let us know whether or not they really liked it and they just feel like they can't sell it because of the market or whatever but you know I think by doing this by following this and it just astounds me that here I am so far into this and I've never given attention to the thought verbs that I use so I I know I keep saying it I'm just stunned by myself (laughs) but you know in 2014 I was a huge fan of passive voice and while I still say it can work sometimes, I know now I've finally let it go. <laughs> I used to tell my critique partners that they could have my passive voice where they pried it out of my cold dead hands. But now that I'm several years ahead in my writing journey, I understand that passive voice really doesn't work for everything like I originally thought it did. And that's the great thing about being a writer. You know, we learn as we grow, the more we write, the more we learn, the more we grow. It's just this fantastic thing that it just keeps evolving and we keep surprising ourselves. And I'm glad that we have great mentors, even if they don't know it, (laughs) great mentors like Chuck Polinick and you know, all the other writers out there who are well-seasoned, and, you know, Jane Friedman always comes to mind. She is just such a wellspring of of information, and, you know, I'm just glad that we have all these really great literary citizens that are saying to us, okay, guys, I know that you think you're brilliant now, but let's talk about these things. (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about thought verbs, because you might not be paying attention to those. You're right, Chuck. I wasn't. So, what I've learned this week, have to go back through my 25 chapters of this work, but I'm also working on a story on Wattpad called Trite Demonstrations that is not a women's fiction. It is a paranormal, not romance, just paranormal, I've got to go through and get rid of thought verbs in there, as well as feel words, and oh my gosh, the passive voice that's in that one. (laughs) I wrote it back in 2014, 2015, so it is embarrassing how much passive voice is in there, but I am working to eliminate the passive voice, and now, as I've said before, I will be eliminating thought verbs and feel words. So for the next six months in my writing, as Chuck Palahniuk suggests in this 2014 article, I am going to be very deliberate in keeping out thought verbs. And I suspect this will stretch well beyond the next six months. (laughs) He starts out his article saying, you know, in a few seconds, you're going to hate me, but in a few months, you're going to love me. And, you know, I didn't At first I was like, but then it made sense. It makes sense. We want to take these shortcuts because it's easier. We get finished faster. We can publish faster. But the thing that we are trying to do is present the best fiction that we can to our audience. And in order to do that, we are going to unpack thought verbs and we are going to eliminate feel words. And we are going to bring the most vivid scenes to our readers as possible. I really don't know why I keep speaking as the collective when I am honestly speaking about myself. But I know that we all kind of have a hive mind and we want to do the best with our craft as we can. So I guess that's why I'm speaking in the collective. Well, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I always do try to keep these short so that I don't bore you to death. So <laughs> I hope that you will join me next time. I'll be talking about fill words. But if you want to join me as I talk about building characters, because I am learning. Um, I have read Jeff Girk. I think Gurk is how you say his name. I'm reading his book and I'm learning how to better build my characters. So if you want to join in on that discussion, you can find me on YouTube. And just, I'll put the link to my channel below so that you don't have to search through. But there are some really great channels on YouTube by authors. So if you just go on and put AuthorTube In the search bar, you're going to find tons of really, really great, fantastic writers who are, they're vlogging their journey as writers. So I highly recommend doing that. I thank you so much for joining me today. And I will see you again next time. Have a super great week. Bye.